When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Ray Bork. Scores! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. Bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose and Bergeron scores! Hello, Bruins fans. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 77, uh, in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. This is the uh, holiday edition of the uh, podcast. Um, we are minus one again, but uh, we still have uh, Faithful Court with us. Court, how are you? I am good. I am good. I enjoyed enjoying the holidays with the family. Yeah, happy uh, Boxing Day to you, sir. Uh, why, why thank you yeah it's just as we as we call it a day off yep i i yeah. unfortunately had to work but whatever hey if, if it makes you feel any guys better i had to shovel my driveway three times today i'm a little <laughs> bit pissed off with snow right yeah i'm not a big fan of it anyway but um i'm glad to hear that your holidays were good how was how was uh emma on the uh on the christmas um, she still doesn't understand what the whole thing is about, so that's good. Right. Um, but I'm sure next year, you know, she's going to be Santa, Santa, Santa. This year she, she cried when we tried to put her on Santa's lap, so we'll see what happens. Wow, that's cool, though. But I got her, I got her Bruins jersey, so she's, she'll be happy eventually. Nice. Um, the other co-host, Rob Tomlin, uh, is on vacation. I'm sure that we mentioned in the last podcast, um, which was a, a piss-poor effort in my, my behalf because I was just dead tired. But anyway, 
Coming sure. in to fill in for uh, Rob is uh, Drew Johnson. And I had the pleasure of talking to him uh, in an interview about Jeremy Swayman and what Drew saw from him when he was down in Quinnipiac. So uh, you can uh, follow Drew at Doob Schmoob. I love that name. That's a D-O-O-B-S-H-M-O-O-B. And he covers the NHL Bruins and NCAA hockey for the Hockey Writers. And he also is a fantasy hockey writer for the Forward Mile uh, NHL. So, Drew, welcome back. And thank you for uh, taking some time and uh, covering for Mr. Rob. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me back so soon. Yeah. Well, I... I I had a good talk with you. You had good audio, so if, if 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 that if two and two go together, you're welcome back. Awesome. <laughs> if you got good insight and shitty audio, I'm not sure if I'm going to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it is it is a pleasure to have you. And uh, just you know, we're going to sit down for about an hour, and uh, we're going to go over a, a, a punch list agenda that I put together, or we put together actually, because we did talk about this uh, on the Twitter just today at work, so. Um, starting off with last week's games, um, I could be mistaken. I haven't looked it up, but, uh, I think this is the first four game winning streak for the Bruins. Is that correct? Or am I wrong? I'm going to say you're correct, but I don't, I have, I don't want to get quoted on it. So, you know, as usual, if we are wrong, somebody yeah. could send us an e- send Mark an email, let Mark know that Mark is wrong. <laughs> and, um, we'll go from there, but I'm pretty sure I, I know, I, I know we were joking on Twitter and I think you were in there, Drew, and we were joking around saying, do you remember when we were just wanted two games in a row? Yeah. And I think we've got four. I think four is, I will start researching Drew go. I'll start looking. Yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, based on my memory, yeah, it would be four. Would be probably the best so far. If anything, it's the best week. Yeah, definitely solid. Well, yeah, two grass, three and zero. Yeah, but the uh, you know, the whole week. Oh, Jesus, what's what's that? I just I I have to bring it up. You know, it's two grass. He's a one point three goals against a nine five four save percentage, three and zero. Oh, and first star of the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Gotta give him the honors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week started off with a huge win uh, at home uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, fantastic game. A solid effort. And followed up by a very rare latter part of a um, back-to-back win in a shutout. I get to give a ton of credit to Anton Hudobin. Um, so it's our, our second four-game win streak. Okay. We, we yes. So in November, <laughs> we beat L.A., San Jose, New Jersey, Pittsburgh in a row. Okay. Thank you for looking that up. I had to. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was killing me. Well, and then we lost that. Remember that was the uh, we the, the winning streak came to an end with that ugly game against Edmonton. Oh yeah, that's right. But the uh, the week continued on uh, Thursday uh, with a solid. I thought it was a solid win. Uh, even though it was a shootout, and I can't stand shootouts, but against the Winnipeg Jets, because the Jets team has been playing really well lately. And that was to, the goaltending duel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. Tuka Rask and Connor Hellebuck were were absolutely fabulous in that game. So. And I had them both going in my fantasy. Nice. At the same time, <laughs> and it actually worked out for me because it was the two-one game. And to end the week with a three-to-one Saturday victory. Against the Detroit Red Wings, who were not very good at all. No, that should have been like a 9-1. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that I mean, that was by far the best week I, we've had on this podcast this season. Um, there's so many good things to, to talk about here. Um, yeah, I mean, the roles that, that certain people are playing. I'm going to start with, uh, with Chara. I, I have not been on this guy's wagon at all. And, no, I, I, did someone at the beginning of the year bust your chops about that? Absolutely. I can't remember, I can't remember his name. Okay, I just want to make sure. I know he's a good co-host. I'll give him credit yeah. for that. Just, uh, <laughs> bullshit, he's going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know. And I understand where everybody's coming from. I'm just, I've just really never been a huge fan of his. But I do see things this year that he's doing that he was doing in the past that I really liked. And I, I see a lot more of him getting to the net uh, leaving the blue line with trust for, that somebody's going to back him up and sneak down low and, and try to create havoc in front of the goalie. And I've actually seen that in about five or six games recently. So I, I like that part of his game because he is a huge disturbance in front of any goaltender. Um, and, and that save me in the Detroit game. Woo! Yeah. What? I'm, I'm sorry. What did I miss? Sorry. Am I still there? Hello? 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 Are you kidding me? Uh-oh. Great. Hello? I can hear you, Court. You can? Yeah. Okay, what happened? I have no idea. Uh, edit that out. I got a phone call. Sorry. Stupid phone. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, Yay, I'll, I'll take that out. Yay! Garbage truck on fire. Um... No, that save he made against Detroit was awesome. I must have missed that. What? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so what'd you miss? Oh, you missed. I missed the save. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Okay, I was like, are we still going on the technical difficulty? I was just trying to go through it. Let's work through this. I just, I can't hear you. I'm I'm not doing this regularly, folks. Um, I usually have my headset on so I can hear everything, and Skype is doing an update, and they messed up everything, so... We're doing this kind of on the fly, so. Uh, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have Drew on was he he wrote a fantastic article about Chara and um, his his thoughts on how he should be resigned. Um, and I I wanted to get him on not only to cover for Rob but to also touch on this uh, this article he wrote for the Hockey Writers. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, so Drew, you. Do you see him signing longer than one one year, or are we just going to do a one one year and evaluate? Um. Well, I mean, I hope not. I hope it's just <laughs> one year. I mean, I'm with you on you know not being the biggest Chara fan, at least in the past. But I mean, I've definitely started to hop on the bandwagon this year with how well he's been. But I I ultimately think it'll only be a year, and then I mean after that they'll they'll just take it year by year. Is what I'm I'm guessing anyway. Yeah, I, I said it at the beginning of the year to Mark, uh, actually on this show, um, saying that just give. I just want one more year, Chara. I want this year and one more year next year. And if he wants anything after that, we'll see. But I want I wanted to play it year by year. And so far this year, I'm like, yeah, he can do it. Especially with what we said at the beginning of the year, Mark. Your exact words were, as long as he's not getting the minutes, and he's not. Not every game is he number one in ice time out there. If we get a lot of penalties, he will be. But otherwise, it's McAvoy. Mm-hmm. 
So there's your reason. Also, he's that guy that's beside McAvoy and, and helping McAvoy along the way. And McAvoy said it a million times. Um, what better teacher than uh, playing with one of the best defensemen of all time, right? So, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And his leadership and, and tutelage is second to none to uh, players like McAvoy. Um, we've seen it with Carlo. Um, regardless of your opinion about Carlo, there seems to be a lot of hate going on with him lately. Well, but... they got they got to focus it somewhere. Or they can't get mad at Tuca right now, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I mean, Char is on his on his the latter part of his career, so he wants to. I know he wants to give as much as he can at this point, and and I know he can. He still can play. Um, you know, forty years old, he's nine goals away from two hundred, and I think that's kind of impressive. And I think that there's a possibility that if he keeps continuing to to be that player that sneaks down low in front of the net, I think he'll get some of those scrappy goals and get that got 200th of his career but um and also uh he's on pace to um possibly break uh his 29 points that he got last season so there's there are some good things to look forward to on having him around um for another year but yeah and he is single-handedly our penalty killer half the time yeah Mm -hmm. if if bergeron like against detroit think about it bergeron kept going in the box and i I know we all were watching tv going you gotta be kidding me because that one penalty i I don't even know what the penalty was for. Maybe he, he I, I just it still doesn't make sense to me. But Chara had what three minutes, nineteen seconds on penalty killing alone against Detroit. That's the only reason he led the team in ice time. Otherwise, believe it or not, Carlo would have led the team in ice time. And, yeah. and Cassidy has been showing some uh, some confidence in Carlo as much as he's getting trashed online, as Mark was alluding to. Um, he seems to be showing a lot of confidence. It seems to be it's the three man rotation of Chara. McAvoy and and Carlo and coincidentally both McAvoy and Carlo were trained by Chara in the last two years. Yep. So and to think in in Carlo's defense too, I mean, last year he was so good. I mean, he was playing alongside Chara. Now he's alongside Krug, who as good as he is on offense, isn't as good defensively as Chara. So he's so, on that second pair. He's he, you know he's taking the bulk of the defense into his own hands. That's it. And if you look at it, those are the two. Carlo and Krug are the ones people are dumping on. People are dumping on Krug. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as soon as you trade away a player like Krug, who's a puck-moving defenseman who can score and generate so much offense, then you have to bring in a player like Krug. It just exactly. it, it, it makes no sense to me. And and no offense to Grizzly, he's great. He's not toy Krug yet. No. So he did not replace Krug yet. Just hold your horses, people. Yeah, it takes I- time. Yeah, it does take time, and and hopefully that regardless of what happens with uh, Adam McQuaid, uh, we haven't seen McQuaid yet. Um, it just seems like he's going to be the odd man out. Yeah, um, I agree. Because he's 100%. got that 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 you know he can go through the waiver process, go down to Providence. But um, this is also, if I'm not mistaken, his last year of his uh, his entry level deal. So. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Grizzly stick around with the team. I'm not sure if he's going to take a deal to st- remain in the AHL, but I mean that all remains to be seen over this next summer. And uh, I should really pull it up cap friendly so I can make sure. I'm on it. I'm right. already on it. Keep talking. So yeah, he, he's on. Yeah, it's the last year of his ECL. Yeah, so I, I'd like to see him do kind of like a deal, like what the, what Austin Zarnick's going through right now. He signed a two year. I mean, uh, a one-year, two-way deal 
uh, to keep him in the fold. Um, it just, it just strengthens, strengthens that, um, that defensive depth. Um, so I like the way Grizzlies have been playing. I, he's, he's been a real solid addition, uh, to, to, a, a riddled, an injured riddled team this year, well, which is not even healthy. that you look at the defense. So you have Kevin Miller, who hallelujah, we kept Kevin Miller over Colin Miller. Um, cause he's just <laughs> been a force on the back end. I know Colin Miller is doing what he's doing in, in, in Las Vegas people, but I want people to understand if Colin Miller was on this team, he wouldn't even be playing with the Bruins. He'd be up on the ninth floor or in the AHL because there's no room for his skill set on this roster. So if you look at now, you've got Greslick, who's a puck-moving defenseman. Um, you got Kevin Miller, and then you have Carlo playing with Toy Krug, who's a puck-moving defenseman. And then you have McAvoy, who's a puck-moving defenseman, playing with Char. We have a defense that can go out there and generate offense every single shift. Yeah. And I think it's, the Bruins have been missing that, too. Yeah, in they past have. years. Like, I mean, the, the transition game has just been lacking in past years. So it's finally, I think when Krug finally came up, that's when we started to see, oh, they could actually jump into the offensive game pretty quickly. And now with all these other guys, Grizzly and McAvoy now coming into their own, we're seeing a lot of it. And I think that has a lot to do with the great offensive performances we've been seeing as of late. And, and no offense to McQuaid, but I have a funny feeling, and, and Cassidy kind of alluded to it, he could have played these last couple of games, but Cassidy was like, my team's playing so well, what's mm-hmm. the point? Like, there's no point in in disrupting what's going on, and I think he still doesn't want to disrupt. Like, they keep saying, how many times did we hear some writer say, McQuaid's playing the next game, and then he never ends up playing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, you see him on TV, he's there, he's, he's ready to go. It's just, the team's playing so well, why mess with a good thing? Which also stats fan freak out of if you're not playing McCoy, then what you must be shopping him. Yeah, and that's not necessarily true because if you think about this is the one thing I'll, I'll say to people uh, about Adam McQuaid. He was our best, one of our best defensemen in the playoffs last year. He stood out when everybody went down. He was uh-huh. huge. So yeah. if this team is for real, I think they are. I I think they're playing really good hockey, and they, I, I really do think they can keep it up that Adam McQuaid will be somebody we will need in the playoffs so badly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because Greslick won't be playing in the playoffs. He, it's just Adam McQuaid and Kevin, you're going to need that shutdown pair of McQuaid and Miller. It's going to be needed. Yep. No, I agreed. And Greslick will because, be playing in the playoffs, but just not with the NHL Bruins. Correct. The way the Providence <laughs> Bruins are playing, they're definitely going to exactly. be. Exactly. Another amazing team that yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about later, how great that team's been this year. Oh, yeah. What um, do you think there, Drew? Um, well, I mean, I agree with you, especially, I mean, he's going to be helpful in the playoffs, and you don't want Postma as your last line of defense in case of another injury. Another um, That's twice now. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> but, I mean, I'm working on an article myself on – you know, they he is kind of the odd man out there, uh, and I like like you said, why you know why fix something that isn't broken? Um, why bring them in if they're playing so as you know as well as they are? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think he'll be worked in eventually, and um, you know they might sit uh, Grizz a couple of games, they might sit Carlo a couple of games, give them some time upstairs just to you know see things from that perspective and get McQuaid in there, but overall, I like the way this defense has been playing, and I, I would not touch it until you, you lose a game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, just look what the the positive things. I mean, it, it really sucks to sit down. And I, I'm, you know, I've never played any professional hockey, and I've never seen any any game from the ninth floor. But I can just imagine how much it sucks to to go through that. But there's a learning process to that too, and you can just see from the some of the the players that have sat, uh, DeBrusque, um, and he in his in his. The way he saw the game from up there, and the way he transitioned it down, down, down to the ice was um, was something special to see. And he took it full advantage of that, and basically just says it: "I don't want to go back up there." So there are benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish Bjork took the same benefit. He's played better, but yeah, not it. He didn't bounce back as quickly as as DeBrus did. He's played better, but just hasn't had that spark. He's he's uh, you know. I still think maybe send him down to Providence just for a game. Maybe that'll wake him up because being in the ninth floor certainly didn't wake him up. He's played better, though. But if you're looking at the stats, when you mentioned um, Carlo, if you look at it, Carlo plays a lot of minutes on the penalty kill. So if you're Cassidy, unfortunately, I really do think the only option is just Grizz sitting for McQuaid Mm -hmm. to come in. Just looking at minutes alone. Just because the way Cassidy is, he's he's a minute manager. From looking at his games, the guys are all playing the same sort of minutes. It's, if if we don't get a lot of penalties, McAvoy is your leading ice time, and then and then Chara, and then Carlo, almost every night. How about uh, Patrice Bergeron and the way he's been playing lately? I I've seen from what I've seen, I've seen uh, an offensive outburst. I mean, he's only got. Um, Five points in his four points in his last five games, but there's, there's other areas to his game that make up for his lack of points. But he's, he's got 24 and 29 games this year. Yeah. If you think about it, if you remember, he was hurt. Ten goals for Bergeron. Yep. Before before uh, New Year's, and he's only <laughs> five points away from 700. That's it's that's crazy. impressive for a forward of, of you know, and and he's 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 only 32, which you know this is gonna, probably going to be the latter half of his career. But he's still producing, and he's still, you know, he'll still be a, a Selkie uh, uh, nominee, which I find For is sure. absolutely impressive. But you know what's crazy? Do you know what he's racking up right now that he's never racked up? Because last year he only got, he got in total, so far already he's got 18 minutes in penalties when he only got 24 in total last year. Right. I mean, I think that's a big part of the, like, you know, the weaker calls they've been calling on everyone. Everyone has to adjust, especially, you know, a player his age who's had, you know, maybe 10 seasons or more of those, you know, slashes not being called. So I think I, I would say that's just I, th- I would expect everybody's penalty minutes to be, you know, above what they used to be. Well, yeah, he's got he's actually got uh, a penalty in every game in the last three which is unlike Bergeron. He also, his ice time is a, a little bit lower than usual. But that's also because of the penalties. Right. Yeah. yeah I, he's been, uh, I don't, I, I don't been, know if he, he's got 24 he's points this year, but yep. I'm not sure if he's going to pass last, last season's total of 53. I, I mean, it very could, very well happen. I mean, he's still got a ton of hockey to play. If they, if that line continues to play that way, and I still say that line clicks because of Bergeron, the way he passes the puck, the way he mm-hmm. sees the game, the way he he gets the puck back in the in the um, in the 
in the defensive zone and gets the puck out, gets it to his players, I can definitely see him playing when he's playing with Pasta and Marchand to beat those points. And I was one of the people at the beginning of the year that didn't want that line together because I thought it would generate too much offense on one line. But because of guys like Jake DeBrusque and Danton Heinen and the play of David Backus this year, even though it's not points, what he's doing on the ice is unbelievable. Um, it's allowing that line to stay together and be the most dominant line in the NHL. And it's got to be, it's got to be peace of mind for you know Marshawn Pasternak that you have Bergeron there. You know if the puck starts going the other way, well, you have a Selkie winner, four-time Selkie winner there to help you out on defense. So I think that allows them, you know, you know they'll go a little bit deeper into the zone. They'll attack a little bit harder, knowing he's there. And that line hasn't been. It was on. I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember who who uh, tweeted. I think it was Mick. Um, they haven't been scored on five on five yet. Mm-hmm. That line hasn't had a single goal scored against them. That's crazy. So, and, and everybody always says, oh, Pasternak cost this, Pasternak cost that. But that's just, you know, the fans wanting to point out something. Whenever they, whenever the somebody mm-hmm. scores, they're like, that's their fault. It's everybody <laughs> on the ice's fault. Come on. Team game. Yeah. Um, the, let's take a, we've already touched on how well Tuka Rask has uh, been playing and, and just uh, throw some numbers out there. He's, he's one start away from 400 in his career. Uh, he's 11-8-3 right now, uh, 2.28 goals against. Which uh, is fifth in the NHL. And a 9.18 save percentage. Um, in his last 10 games, he's 8-0-1. Uh, oh, and one. Um, and uh, in those 10, he's uh, got a 1.40 goals against and a 9.39 save percentage. So another one that... Has that that took the uh, the sitting down Dang. and watching from the bench as a positive and and the other night I was listening to Billy Jaffe and he was talking about um, the need for Rask at, at this particular time of his career to have somebody there to push him because he I, Jaffe was like saying that Rask seems like the type of player that he knows his job is is the number one he he knows he's he, he's locked up for a certain amount of years. And he might be sitting back on that saying, what do I have to be worried about? But um, with Hudobin's play this year, which has been surprising to me, I know not for many others, but... Um, if they say they're not surprised, they're lying. Right. But, I'm sorry, people. Like, come on now. But to have a goaltender like, like Hudobin push him, it makes me wonder what the future plans are. I mean, go, even going past this season, um, if you do not resign... Uh, Hudobin. Uh, if Hudobin, if Hudobin, we've talked about this. If he keeps up his play, how can you? Because he's going to want to race. Right, exactly. And then, mm-hmm. but how can you have a goaltender that hardly has any NHL experience in McIntyre walking right in and then try to push Rask? Well, you that, could always you could always sign someone cheap. That's what I was saying. I mean, the market seems like it's going to be somewhat decent for goaltenders uh, in, during the summer. So you're bringing in a goalie. I mean, I hate to I hate to do this because of the cap, and we we need that. Uh, you know, I love having that wiggle room for just in case, just in case money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to use that for a goaltender like a, um, you know, a Michael Neuver or or somebody, I'm not saying that that's my choice, yeah. but you just you just throwing out names. Yeah, I'm throwing out a name that makes um you know three between three and four million dollars that could possibly go on a little run. 
if Rask is, is, is did what he did in the beginning of the season when he just kind of sat back and like, hey, you know, this is my job, but now it's it, it's anybody's job. Who's going to be playing better? But uh, I've just seen positive things from him. I've seen, you know, he's he, square, he squares himself to the puck a lot more aggressively lately. He just, and I hate to say it because he's one of my favorite players, but he doesn't seem like he's lazy anymore. He seems like he's very attentive and, and wants to be a part of the uh, the play, and, and and his numbers are proving it. So, hey, he's still the, the he's still the career leader and everything again. Right. Um, yeah. he, he brought he did go down, but he brought himself back up with his, his play lately. But I still think, and this is just shot in the dark, if we don't start playing the guys from Providence as the backup starting next year, when are you ever going to play them? I understand what you're saying, Mark. But maybe try one of these guys as the backup. And if it doesn't work out, then bring in. Because you know there's always going to be a veteran goalie out there or somebody that can fill those shoes that's just going to be available to bring in. It's just because otherwise you're just going to have these guys toil down, toil in the minors. Because Dan Vladard, he deserves a shot eventually to play in Providence. Otherwise, you're just going to have him sitting down there toiling all the time. If, if McIntyre isn't the guy, then you got to make a decision soon because mm-hmm. you're going to need somebody they can play at a minimum salary as the backup because even right now it's too much money for Hudobin as a backup. He's playing to his contract and I hate to say it because I hate talking about contracts, but he's playing well enough. But I thought his signing at the time I was like, that's too much money for a backup goalie. What are we, the Dallas stars? <laughs> it's going to be too much money. If you want to resign half the depth that is, you know, up, I don't have it in front of me. If you still oh, have I've got it, it in oh, front I of do. you, Hold on, so think about Charlie. Do I list off some of yeah, them? Yeah, so, okay, so next year, as of right now, Ryan Spooner, restricted free agent. Uh, Riley Nash, like we've talked about it on the show a million times. Cassie loves the guy, so he might be back. So he's an unrestricted free agent next I'd year. I'd like to see him back if, if you can get him at an affordable price. Yeah, Captain Ginger's not bad. Um, Sean Corrali, Frank Vetrano, we know won't be back. Right. Tim Schaller, love the guy, but doubt he'll be back. Because um, I think between you're gonna have to choose between Shaller and Corrali, because you can't bring them all back. And I think um, you'll you'll definitely choose Corrali there. Ag- agreed. And then you've got Chara. Okay, you got Grizz, Grizz, Postma. Eh, we'll see. Hudobin. Uh, and then not even that. Just the guys that are on the uh, the Providence Bruins roster: Rob Ogara, Kenny Agostino, Hickman, Anton Bleeth. Uh, Austin Zarnick, Kobe Cave, uh, Mark's favorite, Tommy Cross, and uh, <laughs> and a guy that's going to be looking for a raise because the way he's been playing, because he's only made six fifty a year, Jordan Swartz. Oh yeah, and it's not even that because we I've I've talked about this with Mark a million times. Future cap, are you really going to go out and spend money on a guy? And, if you're going to give uh, bring Adobe back, only a one year deal because the following year. It's going to even be worse because as of right now, the way they're playing, oh boy. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Dan Heinen, Brandon Carlo, and Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, you're going to be out some bucks. And Noel Achari. All of them. Oh, it's just Sweeney is going to have his work cut out for him. I think just, yeah, I think. Just with all that, I think that's why you see McIntyre, you know, come up as the backup, and also for the reasons you said you want to get Vladar back, uh, you know, up in Providence, 
But like, yeah, you can't you can't afford to sign Kudobin if you want to re-sign a good depth player or two this season and then have enough money to keep going. You just you got to start cutting things out now, which is also another reason I think I see McQuaid as the odd man out by the time he's up with a contract because yeah, which is how are you going to re-sign him? Yeah, because you're still paying next year. Jimmy Hayes gets a raise from us for God's sakes. <laughs> you're right. This year we're only paying him five sixty six. Next year we're paying him eight sixty six. The good news is Seidenberg gets a demotion from us, so mm-hmm. he's going to be one point one for the next two years after this year, and this year is two point one. And then you still have the arbitross of Matt Bolesky. He is getting a. He's a three point eight. He's a two point seven cap hit this year. He's three point eight next year. I don't even. I wonder if I can do what his bio would be. Keep going. I'll try and figure it out. <laughs> Well, his his salary is two three point eight per year. So his his bio be one point one. Yeah, yeah. But down in so Providence, he's getting paid two point seven. Because mm-hmm. there's that there's a certain percentage that comes off of the cap when you get sent down, but it's not it's not a, a ton of, a lot of money, but it's enough of no, a little bit of relief, especially considering his contract not not enough. <laughs> Oh, it's, I, I hate, I, I never want to say anything bad about a player. He just hasn't worked out. He's a, he's a good hockey player. I'm mm-hmm. sure he can be serviceable to another hockey club in the NHL. He just, uh, his skill set, we don't need it. It doesn't we, need the cap hit. <laughs> it, it's not even that. You have Corrali, you have Tim Schaller, who are paid considerably less and are producing considerably more. Tim Schaller scored his first goal against Buffalo, um, that, that bank shot, um, He's not paid to score. Tim Schaller's paid to shut 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 other lines down, and that's what he does. Same with Corrali, mm-hmm. and we can't even have Bolesky out there to do that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, oh, he's an NHL veteran. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah, well, it is what it is. You know, he's trying. Um, saying a guy isn't trying is is, is I I hate that. Um, he's trying out there. It's just unfortunate. Um, he's he's been extreme professional since he's got sent down to Providence. So oh, yeah. kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Like unbelievable above and beyond professional. Um I, I, I hope every player can lead by example. A guy like Frank Petrano, maybe he needs to do a little bit of uh some massaging out there to you know, let people know he still cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean going back to Valeski, um he did score sweet fifty five foot snipe. But it's also against uh, AHL talent too. So, but um, looking at the uh, the week ahead, um, and speaking of goaltending, uh, you got the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night, the twenty seventh, and that that is actually the first game um, since the playoffs last year. So that should be an interesting, interesting uh, contest. Um, hopefully, it's not one of those. Let's lob the puck uh, eighty feet high and let's go chase it and get out. Uh, get out. Well, remember, they were they were taking advantage of of, of Adam McQuaid and the slower defense in the playoffs. That's right. what they were doing. Um, it's unfortunate. I look at our our the teams we're playing right now. You have Ottawa, Washington, Ottawa again. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. Of the any of the teams to come back after the break, couldn't you just give us one walk through the park? <laughs> like we got Florida later on the following week. Like just, just let's play one of those teams first. You know, we for some reason, as as you guys all know, Washington is like at Achilles' heel lately. 
And mm-hmm. Ottawa, for some reason, were a little bit snake-bitten. The Senators are playing absolutely terrible hockey, and it looks like it's about to be a fire sale with that team. Like The fact that they're talking about trading the best defenseman in the league is priceless. So we'll see. I If we can get a great game coming against Ottawa, then I don't see a problem with Washington at all. I really don't. Because it looks like – because Washington's playing the, tomorrow night too. So they're on a back-to-back when they play us as well. Who do you start Tuca against, Washington or Ottawa? Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know he doesn't play out well against Oshawa. Uh, Washington, sorry. <laughs> Oshawa. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey, an Ontario hey, thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, That'd be a middle-of-the-pack <laughs> team right there. Hey, the generals are okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I, I'm completely agree with, with that. Uh, you just you see what happens. Um, definitely give Rast the first game. See what happens with uh, Hudobin after a solid uh, three to nothing shutout against Buffalo. But and I'd want Tuca against both Ottawa games. It's it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's a division game. Yeah, yeah. It, it matters more. Agreed. Um, Every game matters, but. You'd rather Tuca play both games against the Ottawa mm-hmm. Senators. Yeah. But you never know. Like, look at Lundqvist and look at Holpe. Both of them just recently have done back-to-backs. And both of them on their back-to-backs played the Boston Bruins and beat them. Here's a question that I, I kind of just kind of just threw out there because I'm, I'm looking at a few stats, but not in-depth stats. stats. But um, would, you, would you consider uh, if – now this will probably lead us into the projections for the rest of the season. Um, would you consider uh, a Rask and Hudobin uh, Jennings candidate? Hundred percent, as of right now. I'm thinking about it too because if you look at their numbers, they're really not that far out of first place in the whole league when you look at team goaltending stats. Not individuals, but you know, it's not out of the realm in my book. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, it, it's all about consistency. If they can keep both of them, you know, stay on top of their game the rest of the way. Obviously, there's a little bit of a hiccup for Rask in the beginning. Um, but, yeah, if they can both stay consistent, I, I don't see why not. Hey, you can't get any bigger of a hiccup than Doby last year. So, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, well, exactly. Doby's playing like... to him again. Exactly. But Doby had his hiccup. Um, was it against Washington where he had the hiccup and they got pulled? Was it Washington? Uh, no, it was um, that was the Nashville game on the fourth, my birthday. Yeah, yes. So, and but he bounced back. So I could see definitely see them going up at Jennings. Yeah. Hey, the NHL just put something on Instagram and had talked about uh, Vezina candidates and put Tuka's name in there. <laughs> they had, uh, but they also had Carey Price. So maybe somebody was uh, just looking for clicks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Because Carey Price, I, I think he's still one of the best goalies in the world, but oof, not this year. Um, if, like, all right, now let's go into it, like, our season projections or the, the rest of the year since, you know, actually our next show will be in 2018. So uh, looking ahead, right now they're in a playoff spot. After 34 games, they're 19-10-5. Uh, they have 43 points, uh, two points behind Toronto. Thank God, uh, and and 
what amazes me this year is now the Bruins have a really good home record, but then they have a decent road record, which was last year and the year before that. It was a very flop-sided. But uh, the Bees are seven two and one. Lopsided is an understatement. <laughs> but the last ten, the Bruins are seven two and one and playing very well. So, as at this point, they're in a playoff spot. So I'm just gonna say yes, they'll make the playoffs. But I also, I'm really not sure about it's the second season. You know, I don't know if it if this team. It all depends on who they match up against too. I mean, right now, it could be a Boston-Toronto series. Yeah, which, you know, as someone who lives in Toronto, oh, we better beat them. Oh, you're going to hate that week. Oh, well, you know, I had game, I still have game seven. I can, like, regardless of what happens, I'm always you just like, pull that card. <laughs> oh, you got to pull that card. But that's why, to me, looking at what's going to happen, I say yes, they're a playoff team, but this week is so huge for them because they're playing two games against Ottawa. It's yeah. a division game. Like, you... You don't want to sit down because you you haven't played we haven't played Ottawa all year, have we? No, no. It's no. their first two games against Ottawa since we played them in the playoffs. Yep. I expect them to come out like gangbusters and prove and show to everybody. Yeah, you know what? Because they would have killed Ottawa if we had our defense last year. Oh, it drives mm-hmm. me nuts. Right. I, I say it to Mark all the time. It was the perfect storm. Boston could have almost went to the finals last year just based on who we would have had to play on the road on the way to get there. I think it's important to note that we're not in a wild card position right now. We are third in the Atlantic, which is, I mean, a lot of people came into the season talking about how they want at least a second round appearance. And that's like, you know, where you need to be to expect that, I think. And I think they, I mean, they can even go further than that, but that's the threshold. You need to make it to that second round and they're not just going to be squeaking into the playoffs. I don't think, I think no. you'll, you'll definitely find them outside of that wild card position at the end of the season as well. And right now, they're, they're the Rangers got forty two points, and the Islanders got forty two points, and we've got forty three. So we're even, mm-hmm. and and With we two have two games, games in hand, two games in hand. Yeah, so we're we even ahead of them. And if you look at it, uh, about three weeks ago, Boston was like I think it was like a minus six for plus minus differential. We're plus twelve now. Mm-hmm. Like we've jumped back. We started scoring. We're no Tampa Bay at plus forty six, but as I've said to a lot of people. And I'm sure we're all Bruins fans. We play well against the Lightning. Yeah. Where the Lightning is, Boston is how we can't play against Washington. Tampa can't play against Boston. Don't know what it is. I love every minute of it because Tampa Bay, uh, to me, is a very favorite team to win the Cup. But uh, if we play Tampa, I'm okay. Um, I'd Just because I live in Toronto, I'd rather play Tampa in the first round. <laughs> right. I just don't want to see Toronto Boston because we do not play. We haven't played well against them in two years. Yeah, but t- touching on what what Drew was talking about, uh, and you know, he made the first round last season. The goal is definitely to have a good year and and, and at least make the second round of the playoffs. So that's where I'd like to see him go. I'm not saying deep run. I'm not going out in the lines saying called it here. Um, Stanley Cup champions. Um, I'm not doing that, uh, but hey, I'm the one who called the uh, McAvoy for Calder. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. since, since we was... love since we love Jesse so much, his pin tweet was the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yes, I love that kid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the good news is Montreal, um, as Drew was kind of alluding to, Montreal and Florida have uh, embarrassed themselves this year. Well, Julian could get fired at the end of the year as of right now. So 
Did you guys see Andrew Shaw and uh, Joe Morrow going at it at practice? Well, did you see the, the – no. well, I guess you guys didn't. I saw it. There's a – TSN did a whole thing about it that uh, the Montreal Canadiens, that uh, they have one a year, people fighting, players on the team <laughs> against each other. Yeah. They have the most practice fights of any other team in the last five years. It's crazy. Wow. And to see and, uh, to see Shaw and, and, and Fulmer Brew and Joe Morrow, it was – oh. If anybody it was, was going to hit a Montreal Canadian, good for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I I know we don't want to touch on a ton of uh, World Juniors right now, um, and I do want to give a huge shout out to um, Mike Craddy. He's a colleague at the Black and Gold Hockey Blog, and he wrote a fantastic article about the Bruins that are in. Uh, this uh, 2018 World Junior uh, Championships from Buffalo, New York. So please go and check that out. Um, but recently, since the um, the Canadian roster was finalized, a lot of Bruins fans, and I'm not sure, and I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but their intelligence is really showing when you, when you reach out to me on a DM and say... Hey, breaking news. Um, I know he's not a Bruin, but uh, Johnny Bauer died. No. Yeah, like just just oh, happened. Oh man. Oh, thoughts go out to the Bauer family. He was a he was a fantastic goaltender for so many years. Uh mm-hmm. the Toronto Maple Leaf goaltender for a long time. Hall of Famer. Um, geez, that's tough. Yeah. He'll he'll be missed. The NHL will miss him. Sorry. It's just No, just, no. Uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. But um going back on on the world juniors and and, and, and prospects that don't make it don't I, I got reached out a couple of times saying that why did they pick Stanika? He's not a good player, blah blah blah. And they were basing it on his um his non participation in this year's um two thousand eighteen World Juniors and I kinda I kinda tweeted out something today is like, you know, I don't mind talking to people. If you want to talk prospects, you want to talk Bruins with me anytime, but um, come some, bring something else uh, to the table because that that doesn't spark a conversation at all. That just turns me off, and and I really don't want to have a talk about that because, I mean, he is a solid prospect regardless. He was a second round, two thousand seventeen. Um, you know, I'm sure Team Canada had him on the had him on the looks, but there were four guys in front of him that were just a little better. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not even that. I told you this before, Mark. Team Canada picks by player type. They don't pick the best player available. Right. Um, they, like j- just today, uh, was it Met- Mete? I can't say his name properly. I can never say his name. He, uh, yeah, Met- Mete. He he's assistant captain on this team this year. He didn't even make the team last year, and yeah. he he should have made the team last year. Stadika mm-hmm. is one of the best Canadians in juniors right now, but unfortunately. His skill set, he's not going to be their first or second line center. Well, they're going to put a third, their third and fourth line center are going to be checking guys. So he's just not going to make the team. It's yeah. just the way it's just the way it works. Because unfortunately, that guy that uh, I kind of like, Mr. Robert Thomas, he's their, their number one center. So yeah. that skill set's already filled. So unfortunately, he can't make the team. That's just the way Team Canada always, always picks their roster. It's always by position. There's I a, think a lot huge of people, names. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, get a little bit confused. Like it's an all-star kind of atmosphere. It's not. They're picking teams that are going to win games, not you know the mm-hmm. most high-scoring players. You know. Yeah, it's yes. a little bit different. Yeah, Marchand only made Team Canada because Matt Bolesky got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason Brad Marchand made the World Juniors is because Matt Bolesky got hurt. But it's funny that they seem to be the same people that came back at me uh, last year and the year before that when Zach Seneshin didn't make the team. Once again, his skill set. If you're right. not going to have him on the first two lines, there's no point in having him on the team. Right. Because you can't have right. him on the third and fourth line. And unfortunately, people, uh, Canada has a plethora of great hockey talent. There's a reason every time a team wins the Stanley Cup and you look on the roster, you're like, oh, wow, it's like 40% Canadian. Yeah. It, 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 it is what it is. Like, you know, we're, it's not that we're born and bred out here to play hockey, but that's it's what we do. I don't know. It's all, all, all day today. I was joking with Mark on, on, uh, on Twitter when we were talking. I'm like, I watch the World Juniors, the Spangler Cup, and then you go back to the World Juniors. It's, yeah. it's all we're doing here today. And yeah. I know in the U.S. they do the same, but I would say it's going to be Massachusetts, New York, um, Minnesota, those type of places are caring about the World Juniors. Yeah, the it's not like a, it's States. not like up in Canada. You guys are, are coast to coast, north and south. Yeah, you know, it's, is... it's 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 crazy out here. Like I I'm, I kid you not, um, we have Hockey Day in Canada here in Canada, an actual day. It's surrounded by hockey, where the first game starts at like twelve o'clock in the afternoon, NHL game on all day long, mixed in with junior hockey teams. Nice. Like it's it's crazy. I love it. Um. What else? But 100% what you're saying, Mark, these people need to chill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I cannot base an argument on a kid that's playing in juniors. And I have to give the guy credit for playing in the, in one of the three top Canadian junior te- leagues in the country. That's That's a great accomplishment right there. But you can't say he's a bust because he hasn't even played any professional game professional AHL or NHL freaking games. So until that happens, then we might be able to have a little talk and so on and, and you know, evaluate. But I, I just, sometimes I don't get it, but. And I'd, I'd probably, I mean, I'd guess that people coming to you with that are haven't, didn't hear about him before the Bruins drafted him. So what are you, what are they basing what they've seen on the past, you know, few games this season? Right. Like, no, Drew, that's he, a great wasn't, point. he wasn't on my radar before the Bruins drafted him. I'll admit hey, that. So. Steven Stamkos only played on the, the World Junior Championship once for Team Canada. He had two years in the OHL. Steven Stamkos yeah. only played once. I'm looking it up right now. I was like, I knew there was a couple big names that didn't make the team both years that are huge, that are great hockey players. It's the way Team Canada knows. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Stamkos only played for, he played for the under-8 team, and then he played for the World Juniors 07-08. That's it. Yeah, look at recently, uh, I, I'm, I think his name is Cody Glass. Yes, the guy for the Las Vegas. He got cut. Yeah, after mm-hmm. day one, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I saw yeah. day one, he was gone. And then, you know, it, it happens. It's just, you know, it's just the way the team constructed, like, like, like Court's saying. You know, it's it's nothing. It's not downgrading a player's um, value to an organization. So um. it just it is what it is. Like, unfortunately, in Canada, we don't even. Uh, sorry, I, I'm looking it up. There's an actual article. Big names who are, who have never made the cut for the World Junior Team. Um, 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Just, just okay. He's number one on the list of didn't even play for Team Canada World Juniors. Sean Couturier got cut his first time from the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. So people need to understand that this stuff happens. Taylor Hall got cut from the World Juniors. It, it's, it is what it is, people. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think we're approaching our hour, and my agenda list has been punched. So... We have to end this. Um, Drew, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, please follow this gentleman. He's one of my favorite Bruins writers at the Hockey Writers. Uh, his, it's at D-O-O-B-S-H-M-O-O-B. And uh, he covers the Bruins for the Hockey Writers and Fantasy Hockey for Forward Mile NHL. Drew, thank you very much, my friend. Oh, thank and you. the seventh player award. We didn't go over. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. All right. Jesus. Oh, here's a huge name. Al McGinnis got cut. Never made it to the World Junior Team. All right, so let's do this. Seventh player award. Who Seventh do you player. think is going to get it? I, I'm going to go Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. All right, I, there's, yeah. There's the hat. <laughs> it's, it's more of a popularity contest at this stage, I think. Than yeah. Well, it, it, well, at least the past vote. couple of years. Yeah, it's fan voted, correct? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, so you're not going to give it to pass the two years in a row. And I think everybody wants to... Uh, Excuse my French. Give McAvoy a reach around. So, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd vouch for McAvoy, though. I mean, oh, does anyone expect for him to become, you know, our number one defenseman, basically, you know, leading in minutes even? I did. From the start of the season? I called it on our show. Okay. I said after what I saw in Ottawa, I was like, this kid is unbelievable. He played. It, I, I said to Mark, it's very rare when my dad calls me up and says, wow. <laughs> that kid's good, yeah. and he never does it. And he was he was watching the game. He was like, he's gonna be. He's like, that's the extra doubty. Boom. He's he's that good. But that's that's just you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do well on the fan vote because he he's definitely warmed many many Bruins' hearts. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. Oh, and one more huge here. Patrick Waugh got cut for Craig Billington. Oh, Craig Billington. <laughs> former Bruin at one time. Short Patrick time. Waugh got cut for Craig Billington, the Canadian World Junior Team. Right. So you can use that one anytime. Just use that one. And he didn't even have two Stanley Cup in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how was, my, how was my Quebec um, uh, accent? Was it pretty bad? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it alone. Right. <laughs> that tells me it's pretty bad <laughs> alright guys um, thank you very much for listening Drew thanks again for coming on man we'll, we'll definitely have you on uh, very soon if you uh, if you would like to join us again yeah no I don't think so never again I'm just kidding <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you very much right, your articles are terrible been your awesome. audio sucks we, no I'm just kidding we, yeah. <laughs> we see how you scum <laughs> no, but we do they definitely appreciate the coverage. Um, I know Rob really appreciates it while he's in Poland, living it up, um, soaking up all the, the money that we make on this podcast. <laughs> he, he seems to, if we do make money, yeah, Rob is getting it. None of us are. Because right? he somehow gets to go on vacation all the time. So uh, we'll figure something out here. Absolutely. Um, we will talk soon. Uh, thank you for listening. You guys can always follow us uh, on on the Twitter, 
um, Facebook, um, any podcatcher that you guys currently use. I'm not going to go through them all because we've, we've added on so many. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Stitcher. That's pretty much all I'm going to say right there because I've added on probably like 12 of them. So um, thank you very much, you guys. Happy New Year. We hope you all had a great Christmas with your families and friends. Um, and we're going to usher in 2018 with a positive show. Uh, we're not going to have Rob again. He's not going to be back in the in the England until the 9th. So we will be looking for another. Oh, excuse me. We'll be looking for another um, uh, host to to help us fill the time. So I'll be searching and asking. So uh, thanks again. Happy New Year. Take care. Hey guys, it's time for the Bruins prospect update for the week of December 17th to the 23rd, 2017. Providence Bruins American Hockey League. Uh, the Providence team played in two games last week to continue the season-long eight-game road trip. First game of the week had the Bees in Hartford, Connecticut on Friday night, December 22nd against the Hartford Wolfpack, and unfortunately lost 6-4, suffering their second loss of the month-long stretch on the road. Bees goals scored by Justin Hickman, who got his second of the season, which went unassisted at 12:31 of the first period to tie the game at one apiece. Recently demoted Matt Bolesky got his first goal in his second game with Providence at 14:52 of the first period, assisted by Ben Marshall and Josh Hennessy. The only Bees goal in the second period came from Kenny Agostino, who scored on his eighth of the year, just seconds into the middle frame assisted by Colton Hargrove and Austin Zarnick. The final B's goal and second of the game came from Hickman, who scored his third of the year, assisted by Emil Johansson and Jesse Gabriel, who got his third point in 20 games and is currently on a career-high two-game point streak. Zane McIntyre stopped 34-39 shots and got his sixth loss of the 2017-18 campaign. Zane has not been himself in this past three games after going on a five-game winning streak to start the month of December. In his last three appearances, he has a goals against average of 4.63 and a .856 save percentage. 
The second game of the week was on Saturday night, December 23rd, when the Bees traveled to Springfield, Massachusetts to play the Thunderbirds before taking the Christmas holiday break. This was an entertaining game between the two clubs that started quickly with the Bees getting on the board first in the opening period with a goal by Jakob Forsbacher Carlson, his ninth of the season, assisted by Kenny Agostino at the 109 mark of the opening frame. The Thunderbirds would tie the score a little over two minutes later on the power play. This was a defensive and goaltending juggernaut as both teams failed to put the biscuit in the basket for the next 40 minutes of action leading into overtime where neither team could end the game. JFK got the shootout winner, which gave the Providence team a 2-1 victory at the Mass Mutual Center. Goaltender on load Jordan Billington got the win, stopping 23-24 Thunderbird shots and now has a record of 8-1-1 with a 1.65 goals against average and a .936 save percentage. The next game for the Providence team is on Wednesday, December 27th, when the Bees play Game 6 of the current road trip against the Utica Comets. To finish the long trip, the Bees play the Utica one more time on Friday, December 29th, and then finish the with a contest in Belleville, Ontario against the AHL, new AHL franchise, the Belleville Senators. Providence is currently in third place in the Atlantic Division when it comes to points with 40 and has a record of 19-8-2-0 and is 8-2-0 in their last 10 games. The Atlantic Gladiators, the East Coast Hockey League, the Gladiators played in three games last week, and Bruins 2015 third-round pick, third-round goaltending prospect Dan Vladar appeared in one of those contests with a victory on Friday night, December 22nd, at the North Charleston Coliseum against the South Carolina Stingrays. Vladar helped his Glads team to a 4-3 regulation win while stopping 28 of 31 Stingray shots for his seventh win of the 2017-18 season. The big athletic netminder is now 7-7-1 on the year with a 3.00 goals against average and .907 save percentage in 16 games played for the premier AA minor pro affiliate of the NHL Bruins. Due to the holidays, there was no Bruins prospect games last week in the Ontario Hockey League, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, nor the NCAA collegiate levels. Most leagues uh, mentioned will be back in operation starting on December 27th. The 2018 World Junior Ice Hockey Championships. Uh, this year's event will be hosted in Buffalo, New York. Uh, two different locations to maximize the amount of games played during the week. Long event. Games will be played at the Key Bank Center and the Harbor Center with one being played. One being played outdoors at New Era Field in Orchard Park, New York, featuring Team Canada and Team USA on December 29th. Bruins prospect participating in this year's uh, event uh, is uh, defenseman Euro Vakaninen, forward Yuna Kopanen, Kopanen, sorry about the spelling and, and phrasing, uh, of Team Finland, goaltender Jeremy Swayman, defenseman Ryan Lindgren, and forward Trent Frederick, all playing for Team USA. Forward Oscar Steen, 
of Team Sweden rounds off the bees young players involved in this year's festivities. And that is my Bruins prospect report. Sorry for the mumble and bumbling. Uh, I forgot to turn my heat off, and it is like roasting in this office, so I'm sweating. So thank you very much for listening, and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.